Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman, episode 75 here on the podcast. And today we welcome in our new assistant coach, Terry Johnson. Terry, uh, good morning. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. So 75 big ones Mm. we've done over the years. I don't know why, Terry, you fell on 75, but maybe it's your lucky day. We're, we're all feeling for Terry right now because as we tape this, he's in the middle of the move. Um, so plenty of boxes around the house right now? Oh, there's boxes all over. <laughs> I, I did find a path for my wife this morning. She said, you did some work last night. I said, yes, I did. And oh. I said, just get the kitchen done and, and put post-it steps on uh, whatever you need me to move next. Well, Late nights, uh, late nights for you, and it, and a good time of year because there's nothing going on or anything. It's not like it's not like we were, it's not like we were just coming off recruiting and summer workouts and all that stuff. But uh, uh, before we get into kind of a little bit about yourself and your past, just talk about uh, you know the summer here with and your first summer, and then a re- some recruiting and uh, workouts with the guys, and your time here with Purdue. You know, it's been an exciting summer, fast summer. Uh, obviously, we was in COVID, so nobody got to go out recruiting. So when we went out recruiting in June and July, it seemed like it went like that. For me, anyway, you asked my wife, that's another question. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at home with three boys. Uh, but it's been great. Um, obviously, I scouted against Purdue for the last four years by being at Ohio State. Uh, so just getting familiar with the players has been great. The terminologies probably has been the biggest the biggest uh, challenge for me, but as we continue to do workouts and things, I get more and more comfortable with it. Well, I've told people that um, have kind of asked about the staff. Obviously, we had uh, with Coach Shrewsbury and Coach Lutz each getting head coaching jobs and moving on. Um, a couple new additions with yourself and, and Coach Lusk, and I've said we we we've known Paul for a long time. I said, and I've known you for a while, just as an opponent. I yeah. said, but then. They said, how's Terry working? I said, I feel like he's been in our office for 20 years. Like, I feel like it's just just such been a good fit. Um, So it's good to hear that. uh, And I agree, the summer seems like it has flown by. Um, And today, actually, as we tape this, we have our last uh, workout of the year. Your your impressions of our guys and just being able to get in the gym and work with them. Oh, uh, fun to be around. I mean, like, they're dapping you up. You as coaches, you're always talking about touching each other, being connected. They already do that. And I'm not surprised either, uh, actually, from just watching them over the last four years and, and just watching the program. Like you said, like, I feel like I've known everybody here forever. Yeah. Um, I think I could, a couple of years ago I came over and then sat down with the women's staff, Beth Kucher, and go out to lunch, and there's Bloom right there. Yeah, uh, I remember that day. Doing stuff with Nick. Nick had to come over and help with the video stuff over there that day. And, but I've talked with Nick a long time during the season, so it, and I've known Paul, Brandon, and actually coached me in here for a long time so uh it's really just kind of just walked right in and just kind of try not to mess things up you said no surprises really when you came to purdue but from a guy that you mentioned scouting purdue obviously mm-hmm. you're familiar with the purdue program being in the big 10 and being a butler for a long time once you got uh, in the inner circle or once you pulled the curtain back and saw how it works behind the scenes was there anything that surprised you from a purdue basketball standpoint um, the the practice are different. That's gonna mm-hmm. be real. That's the biggest deal. Like far as I'm used to doing individual workouts with guys, we do practice here, so that mm-hmm. that's a big difference for me. Um, 
Coach Brantley, how funny he is. No. He's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's quiet on the road. He say hello to you and everything, and he'll talk to you. But he is hilarious. Um, don't learn. tell him that. We don't want. <laughs> we don't need to feed yeah. that ego. Learning new things about Coach Painter, and uh, obviously, the world don't don't know how good of a coach he is, um, and how good of a guy he is until you're really around him. So, um, just learning things like that. Th- those probably have been a few of the surprises, and then. <laughs> Standing next to Big Zach Eady, that's, that's a, <laughs> yeah, no surprise anyone. <laughs> yes, and that's a difference. He shake one of my boys' hand, he just swallowed the whole hand up. So. <laughs> uh, well, let's start. I want to go back a little bit. Um, talk about your your childhood. Um, Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Anderson, Indiana. Um, played in the wigwam. Went to Anderson High School. But born, I was born. Actually, I was born in Philippi, West Virginia. Uh, my dad went to college there, Aldous and Broadus, and then um, after school they came back to Indiana, and, and that's where I was really raised in Anderson, Indiana. So your early memories are from Anderson? Yes. So we've uh, Troy Lewis, obviously an Anderson guy, and we had him on uh, earlier in the in the uh, series, and he just would he had some great stories about the wigwam and just obviously an iconic building and uh, all the things that went in there. Mm-hmm. Your your memories of that place? Oh, uh, before I talked about the wigwam, but my memories with Troy Lewis. You know, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. He lived down the hill from my grandparents. So oh, okay. Like, so I go down there, and he has a brother around my same age, and yeah. I go down there and shoot and trying to out shoot Troy and Scotty and <laughs> his brother Rico. Uh, I mean, like, and then Troy, what he did in high school, and then going down the state, obviously he didn't win it until this year as a coach over in Ohio. Uh, but, like, as a young guy in growing up in Anderson, you sit up in XXYY and you're looking down on the floor and you're just sitting up there dreaming like one day I'm gonna be down there. Yeah. Uh, and, and just and you just know the guys, Troy Lewis. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, but as a kid in Anderson, you grow up wanting to be a basketball player and play in the wigwam and watch guys like Troy Lewis. Is that? And I heard the other day that somebody's trying to bring the wigwam back. I did hear that. Um, they at least gonna try to have a game in there. I think. Uh, I think what they did. I'm not sure on this, but like, the school was old, so they broke built, uh, broke the school down. They built up on the high schools. I think it was Highland and Madison Heights. Yeah. Changed Madison Heights to Anderson, but I wish they would have came back, build build a brand new one right by the wigwam, because it just it's cost so much to keep it going. I yeah. Yeah. And so, but I think somebody's trying to get it going and and, and clean it up and maybe have a couple of games in there. Well, it's one of those things that, as I, because we're relatively close in age, and you look back at when, at high schools, like those kids packing a gym and then wanting to be on that court. I don't want to sound like the old man that like, <laughs> oh, back in my day, everything was better. <laughs> but still, there's a little bit of that nostalgia that just seems to be kind of slipping away. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's not the same. Like Friday and Saturday nights, not the yeah. same. Like you knew where everybody was gonna be at in town. Yeah, like, right. And if you couldn't get a ticket after the game, you knew where everybody was gonna be at. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you think about Terry that North Central Conference. Oh right? man! And not only did you know what your team was doing that Friday night, you knew what everyone else in the league was doing. No doubt. It was like the you know the high school version of the Big Ten. Yes. If you lose one game, you're probably not gonna win the turn yeah. win the conference. Mm-hmm. You may get a tie, but you're not gonna win. You're gonna be crossing your fingers that somebody else get knocked off. Man. So, as a kid, um, did, did was basketball your first love? I know we're going to get into it. You played, you played other sports, but mm-hmm. what was your first love? Basketball up? was my first love. Um, obviously, I played football, basketball, and baseball in high school, and then did uh, 
basketball and baseball in college. And actually, my cousin played baseball here at Purdue. So the cousin that played baseball here at Purdue and a brother graduated from here at Purdue. So there was a lot of connections going on for my family and I with Purdue. Terry keeps revealing these Purdue connections that I had no idea with. <laughs> right, like like right. about once a week, he's like, oh, yeah, I had a cousin or a friend or a brother or somebody that has a Purdue tie. That, that kind of goes back to why I feel like we've known each other forever. Yeah. Um, so – at what you, at what point do you you sit there and dream as as a kid of playing in the wigwam? At what point does that do you realize that that could be a reality? Well, for me, it probably started um, my eighth grade year. Uh, I was still a scrawny little kid playing, but pretty fast. And I remember eighth grade, we did a with AAU was at Northside Middle School, and Artie Papella, Dan Skio, and I can't remember one other guy. They came out and played with us eighth grade and we knew they were varsity players so we were excited about that and we played well and then I took a charge on one of the big guys which was <laughs> I took a charge I mean like my whole body was off the ground flying back <laughs> like, and at that moment there I you coach like Terry I think you might have a chance if you keep working on it and I was like we're gonna try and then uh, being a freshman and then trying out for the freshman team and making the A team I thought I had a good chance of making varsity once that day got there so you get to high school. Um, what at what point then did you have aspirations to continue playing past that? I didn't. I didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. Because I played three sports. Uh, I was getting football scholarships from like the MAC schools, and I think uh, I saw somebody get drafted uh, in the NFL, and they ran like a four three, but they weigh like two forty. Mm. And I ran like a four three, and I don't weigh two forty. <laughs> so I was like, football is not going to be it. <laughs> And then um, I did not get a basketball scholarship because uh, I, I played with some really good players and some younger players, Kojak Fuller, Tyson Brown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kojak, Mr. Basketball, Tyson played Xavier, and I kind of got overlooked. And, and to be honest, I wasn't developed yet. I wasn't developed yet. And I played baseball at a high level. My baseball coach said, Terry, maybe you might want to play baseball. And then my cousin Jermaine said, you want to play baseball. And I was like, I need a full ride, dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, I was playing in a – I can't remember what tournament I was playing. I got – my grades were fine, but I ended up – a JUCO coach gave me my first full ride scholarship. And I kind of like – I just jumped on it because that's what I had left. That's what I had full ride. I had some baseball, but a full ride basketball scholarship. And I had three younger brothers and, uh, and a sister. And I was just like, well, my parents ain't got to pay. So mm-hmm. let me be the first to go and – and get everything paid for. So I did junior college for two years. Did basketball and baseball at the junior college. And then I went down to Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas and played two years. So you have three younger brothers? Three younger brothers with my mom my mom, and just we, we grew up together. And then my dad had, had a younger sister. So how uh, how competitive were you guys growing up? Uh, the baby boy, which I say baby boy, he's 40, 40-something now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we played a, we just played a lot of sports. Uh, we weren't competitive against each other per se because the whole neighborhood kind of played together. My, and Jermaine, we all played together. It, it was like football ball tournaments in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, you go down the road, you got football, tackle and touch in the grass. And then you kind of have Wisdom Brentwood neighborhood. Then you go play against another neighborhood. Yeah. Another yep. neighborhood. And those were the good old days right yeah. there. <laughs> those, are, <laughs> those are a blast. My son yeah. is kind of into that now. We've He's got a group down the street that they get together. They played wiffle ball last night. And 
Yeah, I always want to. I want to talk about the game. Like I want to break down his wiffle ball game. Well, how many kids you have? He's. What do you mean? I go. Well, you know how many we're playing. What'd you yeah. do? What positions you play? What you know? Who won? I'm still into those games. Yeah, it's sure. you know I'm listening to your story, Terry, and I think about modern day high school athletes, and not all, but mm-hmm. a number of them have chosen to specialize. And you know, I think I'm going to be a basketball player. I think I'm going to be a baseball, football. You did all three, and yes. and it's not like we're talking about the Stone Ages here. There was AAU basketball mm-hmm. when you were high school age. There was summer baseball. I'm sure there were summer football workouts. Yeah. How in the world did you find the time to fit it all in? I did not sleep. That's mm-hmm. not like I'm getting these boxes done. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But no, it, it was. I think it's, it was definitely different back then. But like you wanted to play, mm-hmm. like. As a kid, like on a weekend, would you do uh, basketball, baseball, same weekend? Same tournaments? weekend, yeah. same weekend. Especially if they were close, I definitely could do that. I may miss a game or two, but if they were close, I could get there. Yeah, play uh, basketball in the morning, baseball in the in the evening. evening yeah, and, and we make it to the championship in basketball. Okay, I'm, I'm probably going to miss the championship in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Who was driving you around? Um, my mom a little bit, and I think about that time I was driving. I was driving an old beat-up Honda Accord. <laughs> the key stayed stuck in there. You had to have some right touches to get it. So yeah. yeah. My dad wouldn't worry about anybody stealing it. Everybody had a good car like that. It had, had a lone little thing that if only you could drive. Yeah, right. yeah. Somebody borrowed your car like, hey, man, it's not starting. You're right. like, well, you got to twist and turn it this my first, way. My first car wouldn't turn off. <laughs> Look, when you turn the key off, it'll sputter for about five minutes. Right. And it eventually will turn off. <laughs> But yeah, it was a lot of family friends that helped me get around before I started driving. Yeah, that's a good way to get to know the state too. You go in all these little towns and playing <laughs> yes. tournaments and everything. Yeah. So you go to uh, Lincoln Trail mm-hmm. and you play baseball and basketball. Correct. Um, and then you go to Lamar and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I went to Lamar and uh, the first year I, I just focused on basketball and I Richard in baseball. Beaumont, Texas. Talk about that. First time out of the Midwest. Is that is that, what, is that your first time living there? No, first time out of the Midwest. Yes. Yeah. When I went on my visit, it was my first time on a plane. Mm. And I was a sophomore in college. Now my boy's been two. They've been planes. Oh, right, right. <laughs> we talk about that all the time yeah, at our so house. Do we, so do we. But go to Beaumont, I was really thinking about hot weather. And I was going to play baseball. I didn't want to play baseball in the snow. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. But, uh, I was thinking about hot weather and and it, it, it was okay for me to go far away from home because my mom and dad, we, we always traveled, and they, they showed us the world, which I thought was the world at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, we always will be there. Like, so we jumped in my car. We drove from Anderson, Indiana, down to Beaumont, Texas. I had a Ford <laughs> Festiva. My mama had the van, and <laughs> my brother's in the car, and we just took off, and we saw family on the way down and just kind of turned it into a big family trip. Yeah. And I think I spent Christmas down there with my college coach a couple of times because I didn't want to go home and had to be back on Christmas night. So yeah. I just stayed and spent time with his family during Christmas, and it was good. So good experience, your two years in, in Beaumont? In Beaumont. Beaumont. Were you guys in, had success at all? I wasn't even quite caught up on the NCAA tournament then. And uh, <laughs> we didn't make it. Um, <laughs> But it was fun, actually. Like one of my teammates now, he's an assistant coach at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at Illinois, and um, actually, our college coach texted us because we both played in the championship game in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, year, and he was like, "I got both my point guards in the championship." Yeah. Coach, I can <laughs> hear them yelling right now, defensive stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's amazing in this business how guys, you know, know each other but have those histories together. Mm-hmm. 
Like I'll, I'll never forget when um, Coach Katie was here and I was the SID, <clears throat> and we were talking, and I said, Coach, I never knew how many people grew up in Kansas until I met you, because he would say things like, Oh yeah, Bill Guthrie's the North Carolina coach. He was my roommate in in uh, junior college. Mm. Really? Yeah. And and he'd say, yeah, DeLos Dodds, the AD at Texas. He was our left fielder. I played second base. You're like, what? <laughs> like yeah. it happened all the time. All the and time. I thought this yeah. is crazy. So I think that's a great thing about sports, and um, you meet so many different people, connect with people, and right. then, then it, it all comes back. Right back at some point. Yeah, it's amazing how paths continue to cross as everybody kind of goes down their careers. So uh, when your time's up in Lamar, what what was the decision-making process? Because then you go to uh, IPFW? Yes, I played one year of baseball at IPFW. Because remember, I redshirted their first year to okay. focus on basketball at Lamar. And uh, my junior college coach, Tony Vittorio, uh, he got the D2 job. He left Kentucky to get the D2 job at IPFW. And I was like, I guess I can help you get it started the way you want it. And uh and he's actually the godfather of my youngest son too. So oh, okay, good. And um, and we, I just went up there, helped get him started, and and then I kind of got some looks from pros, and then, and then I played three years of independent pro baseball, and then I got into coaching at IPFW as well. I was um, I was playing open gym with the guys trying to stay in shape, stay in shape, and then the coach at the time was John Williams. He came down and said, "Hey man, the guys love you. You mind want to be a volunteer assistant?" And I was like, I don't know. I haven't thought about what I wanted to do after baseball. And I'm like, sure, why not? I well, you're basketball. making all that money in independent pro baseball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? right? 25 bucks a game here. <laughs> well, my mind, my thought was, I'm making that money. I got these three other jobs I'm working at the same time. But I was like, it was like my first free time. Like, not really. I'm working out on my own to be ready for pro baseball. But, like, I don't have to. I got my couple of classes to finish on my degree and then I got my rest of the day to do whatever I want and I was looking forward to that time well you were down to one sport yeah I mean, think about it that's yeah. crazy when you one go sport, that two classes yeah when yeah. you go that heavy and then you and then all of a sudden you pare down it's got to feel really yeah I was like looking forward some freedom to that. I was looking chance. forward to that freedom but I had coaching in there <laughs> so how was independent baseball be and I it's fine I've been to a couple aviators games here in Lafayette and uh you know, you see these guys and where they're from, and you know all the stuff they're doing. And I can just imagine, you know, I see the I see the visiting team bus parked outside the <laughs> stadium as you walk in. I'm like, boy, a lot of hours on the old team bus. How, how were the, how were those years? You know, it was awesome. So I was like, I got two different experiences from independent ball. So the first year I played with the Anderson Lawman, my hometown team. So I stayed at my mom's house, which was different. Yeah, <laughs> they're going staying away from uh, in college. Uh, but she was working, so and we were traveling, so it kind of worked out. Played against the Lafayette Leopards. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and that, those bus trips were good. They were fine. Met some good friends. Um, actually, still friends with a lot of them on Facebook. And then um, after that year, I was like, okay, I'm not. Gonna, I don't want to do the lawman again. I was like, I gotta find something different. And Coach Vittorio hired a new assistant from the West Coast, and he had a buddy out in the Western League. And so I'll go out. I said. I said you know any connections on there? You're like, yeah, I'll get you out there. And so he said, I don't know if you can make it or not. It's going to be a lot of ex-pros in major league or AAA guys out there. I was like, that's fine. I, I was just going to win. So I got in my Ford Festiva, <laughs> drove to the state of Washington. Oh, wow. It was like, it was wow. called the Tri-Cities. Kennewick, Richland. I forget what the third city was. And I just drove out there, not knowing anyone. 
one person. I just want to try out. Stayed in the hotel. I had my money saved up. <laughs> stayed in the hotel and got out there. And some guys played AAA. John Dobson, who used to pitch for the Boston Red Sox, was out there. My manager, uh, Daryl Thomas, who played for the Dodgers in the 80s. Wally Backman was my manager one year. Wow. Uh, and that experience out there was like no other. A 24-hour bus drive from the Washington all the way down to L.A., that was different now. Wow. I, yep. can't, I can't talk about it on here, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, uh, when I worked at Duke, I was the baseball SID, and we had a couple guys that went out west and got in leagues like that in the summers. Mm-hmm. And they would come back with these stories. <laughs> and I said, well, how, how was it? They said, hey, the ball was great, beautiful part of the country, loved everything. Now, those bus trips, oh. because, you know, we take for granted here, I think, in the Midwest, like, you can jump in a car and be yeah. in a lot of big cities and in a lot of pretty decent-sized towns and, you know, in no time. Yeah. And out there, it's a hall between it's a hall, spots. It's a hall between spots. But, it, it, I mean, just the memories, the jokes, the major league stories they had when they got their, their shot at the show. And yeah. Nelson Simmons, who used to be with the Tigers, hit home runs, was a – DRDH and wow. I mean the list could go on and on for our big leaguers and there were other big leaguers in the league and hung out with them after games and stuff like well considering all the scuttlebutt currently in minor league baseball with housing yeah how was it for you did you have an apartment with six other guys no, or I, did not. That? I had a I was with a uh, Mormon family Wow, really? Uh, it was a mom and dad, and they had their grandson, and it was awesome. So yeah. the funny thing, like I always remember, I remember is. Mom was a vegetarian. Dad would eat anything. <laughs> but mom would cook it, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And I just played with the grandson. The grandson actually would wake me up early in the morning because he knew I went. He, I had a routine where I went and lift, and I went and hit early, and then I'm at the park. So he woke me up earlier so I could play with him in the morning, and <laughs> then I went, which was, it was awesome. They was like, let him sleep, let him sleep. I was like, nah, he's fine. <laughs> I thought you were going to, I thought, not to stereotype a Mormon household, but I thought you were going into a nice, quiet setting. No, it wasn't. No, you were getting woken up by the kid. <laughs> yeah, the we was on a four-wheeler. We was helping. They had some cows out in front. I mean, like, I, it was a great experience, and I, and I loved every bit of so it. So did you help on the farm then? A little bit. Okay. When when he need, when nice. Dad needed some help, I helped out a little bit. <laughs> nice. Like, my mom always, she said, like, make sure you help now. Don't, don't just be in their house because it's a host family. Like, you help. Do what you need to do to help them out as much as you can. Was that your first time to the West Coast? That was my first time in the West Coast. Yeah, that's, that had to be pretty eye-opening. Oh, it was. It was. It was great. But seeing the mountains and traveling like that, oh. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how, so you were out there a year? I was out there for two years. Two years? Two years. Yeah. Wow, okay. Then that, did that wrap up your pro career? Yeah, um, I got released, and I always said once I got released, I was going to be done, and I was going to transfer over to basketball coaching because um, in between there, it was a time I was in my my apartment, and that's when I got into watching NCAA and watching conference uh, championship games. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it, I was watching Butler one night. And Mike Marshall, who was a great friend of mine now, all I kept hearing the announcer saying, Mike Marshall, take a charge. Mike Marshall, get a rebound. Mike Marshall, do this. I'm like, who is this Mike Marshall kid? And and then they won it and went to the tournament. And I was like, wow, I want to be a part of that. And then I started coaching IPFW. I went Indiana Tech. Then I went back to my junior college. I might have been at Indiana Tech when uh, all that when I was watching Mike Marshall and Butler. And then I went JUCO, and then I was like, okay, it's a lot more to this, the yeah. recruiting aspect of it. And actually, I think Coach Painter was recruiting one of our kids, Ronald Dopes, to Southern Illinois uh, during my two years there. 
I think he ended up going to Duquesne, though. And then uh, I was like, all right, I did two years JUCO. And then I went down to Auburn University as like an administrative assistant slash manager. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, Cliff Ellis was the Cliff, head coach. Yeah. And uh, I was golf cart chasing kids to class. I was a class <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was nice. a class checker nice. then. Cliff is at uh, Coastal Carolina now in Myrtle Beach where Coach Katie lives. And Coach goes to like his practice all the time. <laughs> He's still doing it. I can't believe Coach Ellis is still doing it. Still it is, doing it. It is amazing. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, after that. I always worked basketball camps. I worked Butler camp, and I worked Auburn camp. And then uh, Coach Ellis get let go, and I started driving to Indy to work Butler camp. And Coach Licklider called me on my drive up. He was like, you ready to come work for me? I was like, Coach, I'm coming to work camp. He's like, no, 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 I'm my number one leaving. I'm bumping everybody up. I want you to be my double. And then everything else is. And what was your relationship with? Coach Licklider. Uh, he prior was, to that, he was actually recruiting Nick Brooks and recruiting Nick Brooks in Robinson, Illinois, at the time. And uh, Nick Dad coached me as a freshman at Lincoln Trail College, and okay. so I was working Nick out in the summer. Okay, Nick uh, and Tyson Snicker. Uh, I think they might have been only at that time Division One talent in Robinson, Illinois. Okay. And uh, so college coaches was coming in, and I was working the guys out. Yeah. So the co- high school coach could talk to the college coaches. Yeah. I mean, like, Crane came through there when he was at Marquette. Southern Illinois coaches came through. Butler, um, Indiana State, because Tyson went to Indiana State. And, and a whole bunch more. And, and that's how I started making more connections with college yeah, coaches, Yeah, developing too. relationships. Yeah. 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 And wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> So then, so now you're the Dobo Butler, mm-hmm. and how many years was, after you get hired, how long did Licklider stay? He stayed three. I only stayed two. Okay. I was the Dobo for two years, and I went and worked with Dane Fife up at IPFW. Okay. When they were making the transition to Division One. Okay. So they go D1, Dane hires you at IPFW, mm-hmm. and then a year later, Brad Stevens gets the job. Licklider goes to Iowa. Yep. Brad gets the promoted to the job at Butler and then when do you go back to Butler that, that same year that same year so okay. so so after my first year at IPFW um, I literally was gone nine months it happened in July and then five gave me said all right Terry you in charge of the strength and conditioning so I, I had this plan I had it all set up Brad gets the job on a I think a Wednesday night and I didn't even know we had weights at 6 a.m. so I'm asleep Brad calls me that morning I was like, oh, Brad, I got 6 a.m. weights with Fife. And so I go do that. He said, that's fine. I already talked to him. You just let him know. And then I had to finish up, I think, a recruiting. I think I got to go to Rock. Real deal on the hill in Arkansas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had to do that for IPFW. And then uh, and then after that weekend, I was uh, back at Butler. And Brad was an assistant when you were the ops guy at Butler? Yeah, yes. So that relationship was yeah, we were yeah. We were roommates quite a bit on the road. Yeah, yeah. So that was an easy one for him. <laughs> yeah. So then you uh, – Head back to Indy on staff at Butler, and then you guys make an incre- couple incredible runs. Yeah, I mean, like, as I, I'm moving now, right? So I start seeing posters, and I got I took some stuff off the wall because they changed Hinko up. The guys in the in Houston in a circle, and then I got some pictures of in Indy. I'm sitting there like, wow, that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then all everything started coming back, the memories and everything. And yeah. There's still two games I haven't watched, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I clipped it up for highlights, 
but I haven't watched two of the games, but the championship games, but like those runs, mm-hmm. those those were awesome runs. Interesting. You never watched them, huh? I haven't watched yeah. the championship games yet. Interesting. I don't watch any of our bad ones or <laughs> ones we lost. I never go back. If they want to watch them in here, you know, for to break them down or whatever, I I leave the room. Okay, I, I have to know though the <laughs> thought. What's going through your mind when Gordon Hayward lets it fly? Hayward lets it fly from mid court. I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I think everyone did. I was, uh, <laughs> and the crazy thing about it, we were in we were in Utah, and we did a coaches versus player half court shot. And of course, Brad put us in the middle because that's the easiest one to make, uh-huh. right? right? So right. we put the co- put the players on the side, and and Brad and uh, Gordon made a couple for their team. I think it was first to five or something from that same spot, was, right side. I, I think he was on the right side. Okay, yeah, yeah, he might have been on the right side, but we was in at University of Utah doing it, and he made a couple. So I was like, "Oh, they got a chance. That, that, that's got a chance." <laughs> yeah. But like the mindset of, I think our staff and our players, like we hadn't lost in a while. Right. So losing never even crossed our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, and we and we, only thing winning and losing was was part of the deal. It was just like we were enjoying each other. We were preparing right. We were practicing well, and we were just enjoying the moment. We were standing in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And, and winning and losing never really. Mm-hmm. We just thought good things were going to happen, and for the most part, they did. Yeah. Right, they did. right. That's a that's so important. I think in sports especially in seasons like ours that are so long you have to enjoy it you have to have that if you can get to that place where everybody's truly having fun Mm -hmm. um then it just becomes so so enjoyable you know because that will end up leading leading to winning i mean and maybe maybe the winning comes first maybe that's what makes everybody enjoy it so much but i think i think they go hand in hand they go i think they go hand in hand um like I always tell people when they ask me about that, about those runs, like, what was the biggest thing you remember? I said, the biggest thing I remember, all I had to do was coach basketball. Hmm. Our guys were awesome. They yep. were awesome with their classwork. They were awesome with their behavior. Like, they was awesome at being on time. Were they perfect? No. But all we were really doing, coaching basketball and being mentors to those guys. Right. That's right. all we were doing. Right. Yep. I don't, yeah. I don't remember one discipline deal in those two years doing those runs. That's a huge, huge thing if you can get it to where we always used to say back in the day before we had all these ways to contact guys like, you know, with group chats or yeah. different apps and things. We used to always say they're no, they're no phone number guys. We don't we don't know their numbers. Like, yeah. we never have to call them. You know, we tell them to be here, they're there. We tell them to go meet a tutor, yeah. they're there. And Or they helped each other out. Yeah. They had, they had their phone tree. The guys had their yes. phone tree. Like, yes. Um, AE up or everybody, they made sure everybody was there. Like, it was amazing, and, and now granted, it's different nowadays. It is different, but but still, that, that's the biggest thing that stood out to me. We was just coaching ball and enjoying each other. Yeah, we've had seasons like that where we'll sit there and and we'll be stressing over getting a guy to shoot better or mm-hmm. getting someone to rebound or you know we need to guard better. Yeah. And then sometimes you got to pinch yourself and go, man, these are great problems, guys. These <laughs> yeah. are great problems because oh, we're not worrying about you know. Making sure a guy's not flunking out. We're not making sure some guys, you know, staying out of the fraternity houses or whatever it might be. Yeah. And uh, we, yeah, we've been pretty fortunate over here. But those are the best best seasons because yeah. you can focus now, it sure, on basketball. I'm sure our guys had some fraternity houses. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they did, but sure, we, didn't, we didn't know about it. Right, right. right. And that's like, the, you know, I mean, and that's the balance of when you, you know, yeah. nobody's expecting a modern college athlete not to have any fun. Right. You know, 
you can go out and have a good time, but do it responsibly and do it hopefully yeah. with teammates yeah. who can have your back. And yeah, and and, 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 it's, and nowadays it's hard because uh, social media. The, the funny thing about it, like before our first run there, we had guys do uh, Team USA, the one go, and then we went to Italy on a foreign trip. Mm. Like yeah, yeah, no connection to anybody else. Like no cell phones. They didn't. The only thing we had was Facebook. Mm, That's yeah. when Facebook started. Right. And and the guys used to be up all night on Facebook in the lobby. <laughs> they had, some of them had our computers because they didn't have computers. And and they were just Jeez. in the lobby. And I'm like, I, how y'all going to play the next day? Y'all up all night. I don't remember. I don't know if I remember Facebook being a big thing with our players. I mean, I'm yeah. sure it was, but that is that is hilarious. We just said, because we, we all staff, we got it. And we just like, only thing you got to do, you got to be friends with us. Because now, mm. th- with that yeah. Facebook, now you got to yeah, see what they're yeah. posting. Monitor, like, you got to monitor. Right. You got to yeah. educate them. That's yeah. what we, yeah. we looked at. We got to educate them. Like, right. make sure your brand, don't be putting anything out there that's going to hurt you. Yeah. That grandma or grandpa is not going to like. Mm. So that's how we, we, we kind of did that. Well, uh, both Elliot and I share something that our wives are both lawyers. <laughs> and, and as my wife likes to tell our children, remember, anything you put on social media is a legal document. Mm. Mm. Think about that. Yeah. So. For the young people out there listening to this podcast, <laughs> you post it, it becomes a legal document, legal and document. we won't come back to bite you. We right. we change yet more lives with the Boiler Ball podcast by helping yeah, this, to help. this country. It's really unbelievable right. how many lives we've touched. Um, so you guys make the run, and then seemingly out of the blue, Brad goes to the Celtics. Yeah. Um, it. it <laughs> It was a funny day. I mean, that's another moment that you don't forget. Yeah. Uh, like, obviously, we've made the runs. I think we went to the CBI the next year. And then people forget we were in the 810. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, right, right. We were in the 810. And then that that summer, we were working camp, Butler camps. You got four weeks of straight, about 260 kids to 300 kids for four straight weeks. And it's hot and it's hilarious. And then, like, the last week, Brad pulled us in and like, hey guys, uh, I think Danny Ainge is coming in. We're gonna we're gonna talk about a few things. And like that summer, he he had a few NBA people call. I think you know my wife was driving somewhere. He's like, I think the Suns Suns might have been one to call. And he's like, but I don't know anybody on the Suns. Mm-hmm. And then he pulled us in. And he's like, Boston called. I was like, whoa, yeah. that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's tradition. That's that's all. That's Butler. I like. I, I looked at it as a Butler feel in the NBA. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the tradition and and things like that. Good yeah. basketball. And I was in Boston, and we all Brad Midwest guy mainly. So, but and when he did it, what I loved about it when he did it, he was just like, hey, I don't know what this is gonna look like, but everybody will have a job. So you don't have to worry about that aspect of everybody. I don't know what it's going to look like, if it's going to be here in Boston or if it's going to be here in Butler, but everybody would have a job. So he goes, and then um, who comes in? Uh, Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller gets hired. Mm-hmm. So talk through that transition. You're trying to figure out, okay, we're, what's my future look like? Yeah, Brandon came in as assistant. Actually, Brandon was there as assistant first. He took a year off, and then he came back as an assistant. And then what nobody expecting Brad to leave, and then Brad took off, and uh, Barry hired Brandon as the head coach, which I wasn't surprised. Former mm-hmm. player, been at Ohio State. Um, first, now we're 
first year in the Big East. Now. Yeah. Like, mm. Now, it's a different animal you're dealing with. Yeah. You go from Horizon League, oh, A-10 <laughs> League, which A-10 was tough. Yeah. But, like, but now you got the financial piece of it, how you travel and things yeah. like that. Um, and you go in the first year in the Big East. Now, in the non-conference, we did great. I think we were like 10-2. and two. And then in conference play, I think we were like 4-14. Four and 14. Yeah. Yeah. I think Coach Holtman had came in to be assistant. Uh, Mike Lewis still did. Michael Lewis was assistant with us, and uh, and it was just different. It was just, got six freshmen. We go to Australia. <laughs> we go to Australia that summer, and you lose Roosevelt Jones, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. got six freshmen in, and he breaks his hand or wrist first ex- first game in Australia, mm-hmm. and he's done for the year. So you like, whoa! You lose mm-hmm. your toughest competitors yeah. guy at the beginning in the summer. Yeah. And then, uh, so we had the year four and fourteen. Then uh, uh, Brandon had to leave for personal reasons, and then we was on an interim basis. Uh, Coach Holman got the job on an interim basis, and and then we were down a man. We we're down a man. We didn't hire, and then we had a great year. Yeah, Roosevelt Jones back. Yeah, we got an older group. Yeah, that played together, and I think we ended up first or no, probably second in the Big East at that time because yeah. Nova just ran through the thing every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. So, so then, uh, so how many years was Holtman there, and then until he got Ohio State? So Holtman was head coach. I think three years. Okay, three years. We had three great great runs. The last year we went to a Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, uh, got beat by North Carolina, who ended up winning it that year. Yeah. And we were up in Milwaukee together, right? We were in Milwaukee yeah, together. We stayed right. at the same hotel. Yeah. And just so our listeners know, the NCAA always assigns your hotels in the NCAA tournament. And mm-hmm. it's all based on seating. It's all predetermined. So we go up to Milwaukee, and we, in the lobby, walk in and realize, oh, okay, Butler's here too. And so it was <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was but pretty we were cool. in different regions. Yeah, we were in yeah. different regions. So we were not, you know, we would only meet in the Final Four. And so when we arrived, there was a lot of uh, – you know, we'd see the your team going to practice or shoot around. You'd mm-hmm. see us, and um, we both got back to the hotel that night, and both had won. Yeah. So there was kind of some celebrations for both teams going yeah. on the Sweet Sixteen. That was a good night. <laughs> that, that, was, that was a great night. Yeah. <laughs> and then I remember seeing. So we was we got back. I think we might have went to eat with my family. I came back, and I went in the weight room, and I saw Biggie in there on an elliptical. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> he just played a game. Like, he's on an elliptical? Yeah. That was I was it. like, that's why he's different. Yes. He was the he's different. hardest worker we've ever had around here, bar none. He's, yeah. uh, he was at a different level. Um, so you guys then wrap up three years, and then Hulk gets the call for Ohio State. <laughs> Another weird way of <laughs> And so now you're thinking, ah, right, here we go again. <laughs> yes. I'll I mean, what, do you, what goes through your head when that happens? I mean. First of all, you, with social media, you got to go, all right, I need to call Kristen first. Because she'll read stuff on social media that's not true. Mm, Let me sure. tell you what's true. Sure. And uh, and it, it was crazy. Again, last week of camp, last day of camp, actually. No, last week, about last week. Coach Holman wasn't looking. He was going in for some minor surgery. And, and all of a sudden, that popped. I go, oh, my goodness. When I saw it. I knew where the first call was going to be. Sure. I, you just know. Like, you've yeah. been in this business so long, yeah. you just know. Right. And then uh, he takes it. I try to get the job. And, again, I kind of had a feeling where it was going. Mm-hmm. But my, it was my best friend, so I was like, yeah, yeah. I get it. But it's my best friend. Yeah. It's, it's okay. And then uh, I decided to go to Ohio State. I could have I stayed at Butler. 
uh, I decided to go to Ohio State with Coach Holman, and I wanted to see something different and experience the Big Ten instead of once every other year, every year, just once a year, yeah, so yeah, just yeah. once a year. So, and the Big Ten is a monster, night in and night out. <laughs> think about think about that. So Horizon League, A ten, Big East, Big Ten. I mean, you've had some stops, yeah. and really, and only three stops. Yeah, you've had. You I, know, I've been four it, like I've been really fortunate because like all my boys was born in the same hospital. Like, wow. And I kind of been in the same, like, within three hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. Four, right. Say four hours. Just say four hours. So yeah. But, like, I've been in kind of the same area. And uh, and I know now when I was moving every two years when it was just me, that was fine. But now as I got little ones and a wife, like, it's been a good move. And it's been, um, that's a huge help, I would think, uh, in the same general footprint recruiting-wise. Because you're not having to go start new relationships. It's just like. I'll change my golf shirt with the new <laughs> new color scheme and logo, and then here I am. Yeah, I mean, like I still got my same recruiting connections, and yeah. and what I like about it a lot is like I could still go if I go a little bit out of the region, they still know the school because in the Midwest, the basketball is a it's, it's pretty special, and yeah, and people watch it. Yeah, wow. So that's a that's a pretty incredible kind of a pretty incredible journey. Um, brings us back to where we talked about with you being back here um what is what is a big difference between big east big 10 i i mean i know i have my thoughts but mm-hmm. i've never been in the big east like you have so <laughs> the time in the big east like the big east was really guard dominant like i thought it was really guard dominant and like you got the east coast guards and it and it's a different swag there's mm-hmm. a different swag yeah. in midwest yeah. the east yeah. coast guards it's a different swag like so you play a team like Villanova, like they may have a six eight player, but they don't care. They're gonna switch one through five, mm. and the guard's gonna dominate the ball. They're gonna sh- not dominate it individually, but share it. And then you had St. John's actually, but Coach Lavin, he's a Purdue guy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Coach Lavin, you got talented guys yes. out there, and you got some bigs, and you got some guards. Then you had Georgetown, which was, I mean. You got Coach Thompson sitting down on the other end at yeah. your game. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you walk in and you go to warm up with your guys. You watch your guys warm up. As a coach, you have to go say something. Like just yeah, say yeah. hello, anything. Absolutely. Like, to a guy that's what he did to the uh, college basketball, like in Georgetown. Like that's I had a Georgetown jacket when I was growing up. Like the <laughs> right. starter, the starter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, and then then you got uh, you got Providence. You got um, I know it's a few other schools that I'm missing, but like. It's just a different swag of guards in the yeah. East Coast and style of play, and uh, and the cities you're going into, the cities yeah. you're going yeah. right. getting to play in Madison Square Garden. Yes. That was really cool. I mean, yeah. like, that was my first time, and like you sitting in there, like golly, Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing dropping fifties in here. Yeah, like, yeah. And you're in New York City, it's just different. That is, I, it is a different vibe when you go out east and and just the travel. Those cities, you're you know, instead of a campus, college campus, and basically a college town. Yeah. You know, it's more of the of the city structure, so that is obviously a big difference. Yeah. Time over in Columbus, obviously football king over there. You know that the time in Columbus was awesome. Like the move, we understood it was a good. We we enjoyed our move. Yeah. But like my wife, my boys, they made some good friends, and Ohio State football is like yeah. I'm a college football guy. Like I love Saturday sitting uh-huh. on my couch. No doubt. Yeah. But I'm now. I'm Saturday. I'm sitting at the 50 yard line. Yeah. Front row. Yeah. And I'm right above the bench, and you can hear Larry Johnson dance. Things you say as a coach, next play, do your job. Like, 
Like, yeah. man, I say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Coaching's coaching. Coaching man. is coaching. And then, like, then you got 100,000 people in the stands. Then you got another 50,000 in the parking lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they shouldn't roll down over there. It's, it's, it's a, and I was at Auburn a year. I thought Auburn was SEC. I thought that was big time. I'm like, I'm like it's, it's different. Yeah, I, I, I used to talk with uh, Rick Ray. When he left here, he went to Clemson. Mm-hmm. And um, we had go, we were at Clemson, I think, a couple of years before he left to go there. We played in the ACC Challenge down there. Okay. And we went over the day of the game before shoot-around. We were walking campus, and we went over to the stadium. And we we got in that, that ramp in the end zone when they take uh-huh. the field. We actually walked down that ramp and uh, – Touched the rock and you know, did all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Acted like we were ten years old, <laughs> and uh, we thought, "Man, this is pretty cool." And then, you know, a couple of years later, he was coaching there, and I texted him after the first home game. I'm like, "All right, so how was it?" He goes, "Oh man, it was really cool, <laughs> really cool to be in those stadiums." But, and I think this year, like getting back in those big stadiums, yeah, is yes. going to be even. Even yeah. a little more special, I think, after what we've been through. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's gonna be great. You see the fans back in the stands, and my boys like, Dad, we still get to go to football games. I'm like, Yeah, you can <laughs> yeah. go. Then my then my youngest one, he has hair like Justin Fields. He's like, Is Justin Fields gonna be there? I was like, He played for the Bears. But <laughs> Chicago Bears. He, we might be able to. You're closer to Chicago now. True, we might, you true. might be able to drive up there to it. It is amazing with kids when you're around programs and they grab it. You know, they they get a. They attach themselves to a player, and yeah. then like now they get to follow that player. It's <laughs> yeah. it's pretty cool to see that. It is. I mean, my boys they love sports. They're not very good at it yet, but uh, I think I think it's coming with. They got different ideas in sports than what I had. Um, I got a soccer player, Caden, mm-hmm. um, the baby boy. He might end up with baseball, basketball, and then Jalen. We think it's gonna be track mm. and track, or he like theater stuff too. Yeah, so he, yeah. He really. Love to act, and he act all the time at home. I'm <laughs> like, come nice. on, man! Come Love on, that. Man. Me too. I, said, I just awesome. like keep going, keep doing that. <laughs> do you, buddy? Do you? Exactly. Well, the uh, my son, I think he knows way more about NFL stuff than I do, and he's always coming up. To, I guess this is the rage on TikTok now: is these <laughs> like comparisons and charts, and like you know, uh, they'll put a chart up of like, okay, pick your quarterback, pick your running back, pick your wide receiver, rank all the wide receivers, rank all the quarterbacks. So he, he's always challenging me. All right, Dad, who's your top eight wide receivers? <laughs> hey, man, I don't even know if I know eight wide receivers. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I don't know. T.Y. Hilton? Yeah. I don't know. Like, That's about it. I'm like, why don't you tell me? You <laughs> tell know. me. I can tell you to some Colts players. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, about, about those are the only ones I know are the Colts guys. Yeah. And Rondale yeah. Moore, I guess. I know. It is yeah. hard It is hard to keep up with, with yeah. that stuff. It's not like when I was a kid. I knew it all. And right. Now, I don't know. I guess it's just life, life getting in the life, way. Life getting in the way a lot of us. <laughs> so my son's my go-to almanac now, sports almanac. Um, so uh, we'll kind of start wrapping up here, but I wanted to just get your thoughts on just the upcoming season. Um, you know, you've been here through a summer, kind of things starting to get back to normal. Uh, we're about ready to break for the summer. Mm-hmm. Guys are going to go home for a couple weeks, and then fall semester will start up, and hopefully, knock on wood, we have – uh, we're back to normal um, right. in the fall and, and going to football games and then going to Mackey. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on Mackey as a visitor, and then uh, I'll be really anxious to talk to you after you're on, <laughs> down on our bench and see what you think. But what, what were your thoughts when you would come over and play here? First year in Mackey, the first year in Big Ten, um, the loudest arena I've ever been in. Mm. I couldn't even hear myself think. 
So I had to stop yelling at the players because they were like, we can't hear you, understand mm-hmm. you, coach. I was like, all right. Yeah. Hopefully what we worked on in practice, yeah, you guys remember it. And then when we get in the meetings and uh, in in halftime or in timeouts, even timeouts, like they're right on top of you. Right. Like, you're still screaming and you're like, like we are right now, right. close we are because of the student section. And they were loud. But on that day, <laughs> the Buckeyes were able to get you, a little tip you in. You got us on that one. That still was <laughs> yeah, that oh. one stung. That one stung. That was, yeah. that was yeah. a gut shot. PJ, PJ talked about that one to this day. I was like, PJ, I thought y'all was going to pull away from us. And y'all yeah. just kept letting us hang in. We banked in some threes, some threes. I know Coach Payne, I looked down. I was like, he's going to let a couple of guys shoot. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna play the percentage. We I knew yeah. that was gonna and happen. They banked him and in. they banked yep. him in it. And I just love looking down there at him. He just go, you <laughs> yep. put your hands up like I don't what know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> the same thing that happened with that Butler. I think Eric Fromm banked in a couple of threes at top of key. I think on him. And yeah, we've had. Uh, we always joke that we lead the country in letting guys who can't shoot find <laughs> us and have good games against us. <laughs> and and uh, on a related <laughs> note, I would like from uh, being in Ohio State. When you were scouting Purdue to get ready for Purdue, what was at the top of the scouting report? The way we played defense, Purdue was always one of my hardest scouts because of the motion offense. Hmm. Um, and that just distorts my pack, the pack line defense. And so I had to, we had to change up a few things. And that's on top of knowing all the sets hmm. <laughs> and trying to simplify it for the guys to where they're not thinking, they're just playing. Uh, that, that was the hardest. Purdue was one of my hard scouts. Michigan State was one of them. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. The ones with multiple, at any time, they could just run another a set that they haven't ran since for months. Yeah. And so we just try to find concepts that kept it simple for our guys so they could play free and not be out there thinking well. And then they try to get play calls, and you got – Da, da, da. I can't say the names of. I do know the names now, so I can't say the names. Of. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I had a few of my own, who's going to listen to this podcast? So I'm gonna, I'll leave yeah. the terminology yeah. out of it. <laughs> but so I just go da 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 da, and I'm like, oh, I have no idea what they're running. Be tough. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but but yeah, those, those are those this this scout, and I have have it with me here, to, and I got some stuff to help Paul and, and the rest of the league. But this is one of my hardest ones. That's always a helpless feeling when you don't know. And then sometimes when the head coach turns around and looks at you like, yeah. what, what are we doing? You're like, I don't know. I haven't heard this one before. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. So, Terry, we wrap up every podcast with the final four questions. Um, these are four random questions that we ask everybody. So we're going to start our final four with you. First question is, what is your go-to music of choice? Tupac. Rap, R&B. But Tupac is Tupac and Jay Z Biggie, but Tupac is mine. That's my guy. Okay. I'm gonna keep the language out of it for the young ones. I can't listen to it when my boys in my car. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> no Tupac when my boys in the car with me. So I, I, I don't know if it's good or bad, but Charlie does know a couple Tupac songs, mm-hmm. and yeah, we probably let him listen to way too much. You know, uh, but it, <laughs> I, I'm starting. I, they, my boys might eventually now because like they watch movies, they pick up. Words yeah. that they stop in movies, so they're gonna know. They gonna know them anyway. So why not get them for myself? So. Well, if they ride the bus to school, they probably yeah, yeah. Word <laughs> word. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> but I think there's something to be said too for if if you if your kids are exposed to that in a mature way, then it's like, well, 
you know, yeah, not that big. Man, we also sometimes like they know they do know on Sunday that Daddy's gonna listen to us gospel music though. Mm-hmm. They knew Sunday in the car is gonna be gospel. That's your go-to or, Sunday that, programming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to church and then we got got gospel on the way to church and home and majority of the day on Sunday it's gonna be gospel. Nice. Two pack on Monday. Two pack on Monday. Not many, not many people are flipping that switch. Okay, so number question number two here on the final four. What is uh, a good book you've recently read, or may, or your favorite all time book? Ooh, can't remember the, the title. The John Wooden book. No, I'll take that back. Tom, Tony Dungy, uh, Uncommon. Is it Uncommon. Yeah, right. It's been a while since I read it but yeah now were you a Colts fan throughout yeah because yeah. um, the Colts used to come to Anderson yeah I, sure. I was up yeah, there right. many a summer that's, that's, that's right. camps used to be in Anderson Eric Dickerson yeah Electrodole, those days oh like, yeah I'm a true true Colts fan so my uh, my dad is a uh, diehard maybe some would some may even classify it as unhealthy um, but <laughs> he has been to just about I think he's been to every Colts game home games since they moved to Indy. Oh, wow. Um, and he always goes, they pick a road game every year. And So as a kid, uh, we were up in Anderson just wow, about every summer watching camp. So, uh, those, those were the days when they came to Anderson. Yeah. And we would stand in that parking lot. They would have to cross the field mm-hmm. from the parking lot right. to the dorms. Yep. And then you, that was your autograph chance. You better, yeah. get it, you better get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I remember a, mo- a day when it was uh, you know 90 plus, 100% humidity. Everybody's out there just dying. And the players were in the in one of the tents where they were on the bikes, and they had some weights in there. And uh, there was some water in there. And uh, Harvey Armstrong was handing water to us. And uh, one of the staff members got mad. And he's like, come on, man. Look at these kids. It's 100 out here. Like, let me give them some water. Yeah. They're here to see us. I was like, wow, he's awesome, man. He's right. giving us water. This is great. Yeah, that's, that's funny. All right, question number three here on the final four. If you could wave a wand and do any profession in the world starting tomorrow, what would it be? Mm. Any profession. I probably want to be a professional baseball player. Would you? Mm. Yeah. I would want to be a professional baseball player. Now, who's your baseball team? I don't really have one. I like, like I, we missed it out this summer, but every year we try to go to a major league ballpark, a yeah. different one each year. Yeah. Um, and just, I like going out there, having a big brat, mm-hmm. yeah. a what beer. Co- <laughs> yeah. What, co- what position did you play? I played outfield. Okay. I yeah. played outfield. In high school, mainly center field. And then you get to the pro, you just play wherever you, they put you. Right. Or where yeah. you want to you wanna get on the field? Yeah, yeah. where you want to play. So yeah. I learned left and right. Um, so I really be a professional baseball player and just work out and play baseball. And 162 think, games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, heck of a life. That's that a good life. We think we have a long season. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, 62 <laughs> games. 162 of them. I was explaining that concept. We went to a Phillies game a couple weeks ago and uh, out in Philadelphia, and I was explaining to my daughter about in baseball you play a series. You know, So you're going to play. they're going to play this team three or four games, then they're mm-hmm. going to move on to the next city, or another team's going to come into Philly. So we were talking about all this, and I said, and they play 162 games, and she just kind of looked at me like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it is a long, long year. It is a long year. And now with Interleague, at least you're getting to some new new, new towns. New think, towns. I think about when it was back to just American, just yeah. American or National right. and the same, same city. Yeah. Over and over. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever had a 
somebody say a baseball player on that? No, a lot of professional yeah. golfers. Yeah, that's yeah, the well. most popular but, uh, answer is a golf, professional golfer. Only top golf gets it done. In <laughs> <laughs> and daddy's not very good, and the boys <laughs> like it. And Papa. Now, the winner is Kristen, my wife. She wins all. But no matter where we go on vacation, we she spanks us all. In it. it doesn't matter. We were uh, we did some miniature golfing on vacation, and uh, I need to look into owning a miniature golf course. The way prices are now, <laughs> yes. retire early. I'm yeah, like, sure. wait a minute. There's four of us, and it's this much. Yes. Holy smokes. Oh yeah. Yeah, that might be a good little side investment. <laughs> Uh, question. Final question here on the final four with Terry Johnson. Uh, what is something that no one or very few people know about you? Ooh, it used to be the baseball one. That used to be. I think living with a Mormon family on the West Coast. <laughs> might, yeah, you might, we might have already hit on yeah, that. Working with the cows or helping out on the farm. That's uh, yeah. That, that's a story. Uh, probably uh, that nobody really knows. I like to camp. I like to be outdoors. I'm an outdoorsman. I like to be outside. When we camp, we my in-laws have a uh, RV, but we're out in the tent. We pitch a tent. We cook it up on a fire. Like we're out there. Really? We're I wouldn't outside. have guessed that. Yeah, we're outside. I think we went to a few parks in uh, in Ohio, close close to the house. Um, where else have we camped out? We we go camping. The boys like it. Love it. That's we, awesome. We fish. We, I mean, like we go lake. We like the lake. Everybody loves lakes. Going out to the lake and water. Yeah. I'm outdoors. And I like being in the water. Like when our downtime is, we go out somewhere where we will be on the lake and we just hang out. That's very cool. And I hope my phone don't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, uh, there's a, well, and your your boys are young. Where you're at the phase where when you do fish. You're basically their bait and tackle guy. Yeah. Like you're not yeah. fishing. Like, well, they're <laughs> they're getting to the point. Like my father-in-law normally baits it all for them, but they're getting to the point now. They could do it on their own. They could oh, cast out. Yeah, there we go. We got a pond out back our backyard now. Yeah. They're really gonna be. Pressing. Oh, nice. That's much more fun. enjoyable when they can start doing it on their own. Yes, yeah. you can just sit there and just watch them and laugh. Now we got to take the fish off the hook for them right now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, that was episode 75 here on the podcast with our new assistant coach, Terry Johnson. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well.